looking forward to the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. And Brother Randy, you come tonight. I appreciate this dear man of God. I know he'll have something from the Lord, and just an honor to have him with us tonight. You pray for him. Give him some good amens and back him up while he preaches tonight. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ricky. Glad you're saved tonight. Say amen. Yeah. Tell you, we're glad to be here. <clears throat> I'm sorry we're late, but uh, we'll blame that on Brother Paul. He was driving, and uh, we were looking for Happy Valley. And I never was so sad trying to look for a place called Happy Valley. And we finally found it. We come over the hill, and then I recognized the farm down there with all the horses, and I knew we were close. You know, we passed those horses coming in. One of these days, we'll be coming back on a horse one of these days. These were brown. The one I'll be riding then will be white, and I'm looking forward to that. Every time I think about a horse, I think about your former pastor who used to preach for me, Brother Berman Cape. And uh, boy, he'd get on that horse and he'd get to riding, you know. And I'd say he's having a glorious time in heaven right now. And uh, appreciate what God's doing. I tell you what, a good spirit of the Lord that you can feel in this place tonight. I don't know how the first part of the choir singing was because we missed it. But if it was any better than the second half, I, I don't know if I could have stood it. It was good. And then the special singing. And I'll tell you, those fellows that got up here a little bit ago, I'll tell you, just hold on. Help is on its way. I'm going to say today, we live in a terrible world, but I'm glad that hope is on its way. Amen. I praise his name for what he's done in my life. Saved me, been good to me. And he didn't just save me to leave me here, but he's given me victory on my journey home. I appreciate Brother Ricky. He's been a good friend and preaches for me. Preached our camp meeting this last April. And uh, then he was down in Sweetwater. And boy, what a meeting evidently they had there. Souls were saved. And I believe that we're seeing a stirring of God that we've not seen in many years. And people say it's strange, but it shouldn't be strange. We've been praying for it. We've been asking God to help us and to move. And, and folks, listen, I, I, I've never preached in this church, but I tell you, this shouldn't be strange to us. We've been praying that God would send us revivals. You know what we ought to do? We ought to thank God for the revival that he's giving us in our life. We've had a few saved in our church over North Carolina, all the souls that saved, I think, what, 17, 20 souls there in Sweetwater. And I tell you, I believe God's getting ready just to get this thing wrapped up. And it won't be long if the trumpet is going to sound and God's church is going to leave out of here today. I had a group of singers come sing for a homecoming. Boy, what a blessing they were. But they were post-millennial. And the preacher I had to preach for me was preaching on the shout. I preached on the shout this morning, the power of the shout. And he preached on the three shouts of Jesus and he got down to 1 Thessalonians chapter four and I thought if, he don't, if he's not careful, he's gonna mess up these singers post-millennial and he got to preaching. I tell you, well, he got to preaching on that victory shout when uh, the archangel sounds the trumpet and Jesus steps out on the clouds of glory. But I looked over at those singers and you know, they didn't know the difference. They were just happy and praising God. I tell you, one of these days, Jesus is going to come, isn't he? I'm proud of that. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want to ask you to turn to three different passages with me, if you would, this evening. And I've been preaching a lot this week, preached a meeting in Gatlinburg, and yesterday I was down below Nashville, and then we preached this morning, and then we had service at 2 o'clock today. And so physically, we're kind of tired, but when you come into this place, there's just a sense of revival and just a stirring of the Spirit of God. And I want to preach tonight, and I want to read three different passages, so I'm going to ask you, if you would, to turn to each of these, but we'll start out in the book of Philippians chapter 3. Then 
I want us to look over in the book of Romans chapter 13, and then Acts chapter 4, just a couple verses there, and one verse in chapter number 5. And I want to preach this evening concerning our citizenship and uh, where our home is and what our responsibility is in this life. You know, if we're not careful, we'll be so heavenly minded that we'll be no earthly good. And then there's a lot of people that's so earthly minded, they're no heavenly good. But I'm glad that God gives us a balance, you know, that we can be saved and happy, but we can still be in this world, but not be of the world. But we can try to win souls to Jesus in this world. So we all have responsibility. People say, well, I'm saved. God saved me. And so that's all that I have to do. Friend, if God wanted you just to be saved and he had knocked you in the head and took you to heaven when he saved you. But he didn't do that. He's left you here all of these years since you've been saved. So I believe God's got a purpose in your life. Stand with me as we reverence the reading of God's word. In the book of Philippians chapter three, I want you to look at one verse here in uh, verse number 20. Uh, the scripture said this, he said, for our conversation is in heaven from whence we also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read verse 21. He said, who shall change our vile body that it might be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working wherewith he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Now would you turn to in the book of Romans chapter uh, number 13. Romans chapter 13. And I want to read verse one and verse number two. The Bible said, let every soul be subject unto the, higher, unto the higher power. He said, for there is no power but of God. He said, the powers that are or that be are ordained of God. Let me read that verse once again. I believe that we ought to listen to that today in the day that we live. The Bible said, let every soul be subject unto the higher power. I believe that we all have a higher power that we're gonna to have to stand one day and give an account to. And he said, he said in the latter part of that verse, for there is no power but of God, the powers that be are ordained of God. Now, if you would turn to the book of Acts chapter number four. In Acts chapter four, I want you to read two verses with me here. In verse 19 and verse 20 of Acts chapter four. He said, but Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, he said, judge ye, for we cannot bespeak the things which we have seen and heard. Now look in chapter five in verse number 29 and notice what Peter said in this passage of scripture. He said, then Peter and the other apostle answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Let me just say that one more time. We ought to obey God rather than man. How many agrees with that? Say amen. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I want to thank you for this privilege and opportunity that we have to preach in this pulpit. Lord, we appreciate this and we don't take it lightly for I know the man of God that preaches and pastors here is your man and Lord, I know he preaches God's word. So Lord, we just count it as a blessing to be able to stand here tonight. Now I pray that you'd loose us and uh, help us with our voice and our throat tonight 
And God, I pray that you just let us as a congregation uh, be able to worship Jesus who's the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, help us to understand a little better today uh, that we're citizens of a heavenly country and we've got a responsibility that we ought to carry today. Now, Father, bless this congregation, bless this church, and I pray that you'll use it for the glory of God and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. If you will, in the book of Philippians chapter three, we'll start there tonight and I'm just gonna try to obey the Lord and preach what God's directed upon my heart tonight. But I begin to think about this. I begin to watch these Olympics we've had and and then I begin to hear all this political stuff that we hear and I'm hearing something that is something like this. Where uh, do these people come from? Where their citizenship is? Uh, The other day there was a man who uh, won in the Olympics because uh, he was uh, a Jew and uh, another man refused to wrestle against him uh, because he was a Muslim and uh, I thought, you know, we been wrestling against the flesh for all these years and this man refuses so the Jew wins. I've read the scriptures. You know what I've read? I've read the Jew wins in the end anyway. Amen. And then I thought about the political world that we're wanting to build a wall to keep people from coming in or at least to let them come in legally and then others say just let them come in and we'll love them and all that but I found out we might love them but they don't seem to show much love back for us. You know why? Because they're not citizens of this country. I was born October the 15th, 1962 in a little place called Harriman, Tennessee at a hospital there and my citizenship on my birth certificate uh, says the United States of America and I'm proud of that. I'd rather be born here and live here than any place uh, that I can think of on the earth. It's a place that God is blessed and God is able to be preached freely in this precious country. Uh, but when I was 17 years old, you know what happened? I walked down an old-fashioned aisle and I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and thank God the Lord had wrote my name down uh, in the Lamb's book of life and my citizenship uh, moved from here uh, to a place that's called heaven. I tell you, I'm a stranger and a pilgrim in this land. And the older I get and the closer uh, that I get to home, I understand uh, that I'm a misfit in this world. Uh, Friend, I just don't fit in. I I can't compromise with the world. uh, I can't do the things the world does. Uh, It just don't seem to feel right to me. And you say, well, that's a strange thing. Well, it's not strange if you consider this, uh, that you don't belong here. Uh, God's just letting you pass by uh, for a little while. Uh, But thank God our heaven uh, is in sight. Thank God. And one of these days, we're going to say goodbye to this world and we're going to enter that place of promise that God's gave us. I can't help to get this phrase out of my heart. I read it the other day, but it said what God started in the Garden of Eden, he's not abandoned that. He said he's going to finish it up in the city of God one of these days. And you know what? I'm going to be there when Jesus calls us home and we say farewell to this world. I want to give you some things tonight uh, that God's directed my heart with uh, about some responsibility uh, that we have in this life. You know, we as Christians are
are citizens of heaven, uh, but we're traveling uh, through a strange land. Uh, we're citizens of the earth, but yet we're on our way uh, to a place called heaven. I'll be honest with you tonight. Uh, the, the more that I see in this world, uh, the more happy uh, that I would be if Jesus uh, were to come today. You say, preacher, I'm in no hurry uh, for him to come. You ever get right with God and you'll be excited about Jesus coming back. I tell you, I'm thrilled about what God's going to do in this world, but I'm more excited of what he's got store for us in a place called heaven. So what we look at in these scriptures, the Bible said in Philippians chapter three and verse number 20, he said, for our conversation is in heaven. But notice what he said in Romans chapter 13. He said that we're to be subject unto the powers of this land. But notice what Peter said and the other apostle the Bible said in Acts chapter four that they were discussing this and they said we're citizens of heaven uh, but we live on the earth and Peter said this he said I'd rather to obey God uh, than I would to obey uh, the world today. Hey listen I was preaching a while back and I mentioned this uh, when I'm living here and I'm doing things here I try to abide by the laws of the land uh, but the other day I was heading up the interstate and I was running late like normal and I was doing 70. I thought, you know what? I'll push this up to 75. And boy, I was doing good at 75 and I said, I'll push it up to 80 and I'll try to get to my destination. Nothing bothered me uh, whatsoever. And about five more miles up, there were two Tennessee Highway Patrolmen that were sitting side by side and it looked like they were looking right at me. The first thing I done was I hit my brakes. Man, I started doing right and abiding by the laws of the land. But you know what? It never concerned me until the law met me on that day. Uh, but I'll tell you what today, uh, when I got saved by the grace of God, I got something better uh, than what the law could give us. And now, I don't want to misguide uh, my life, but I want to live it according to the bad of the word of God. Well, our conversation is in heaven. Uh, what does that mean? My friend, that means this. If our conversation's there, that means it's the place we're longing for, the place that we desire, and the place that we love. Uh, but yet we're living here uh, in this life. Uh, so what do we do? Uh, there's a warfare uh, between the flesh and the spirit of God. Uh, this old fleshly man's weak. He falls by uh, the wayside from time to time. He battles against uh, that spiritual warfare. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, my friend, I'm glad that greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world today. I don't want to fail God. I don't want to fail my lost family. I don't want to fail my community. I want to be real. I want my conversation uh, to be in heaven, but I want my responsibility to be right upon the earth. 
You say, preacher, does that mean we got to follow everything the law says or the land says? You know, we live in a different day. I was preaching this morning. This isn't the same world that I was born in. It's not the same world when God saved me. It ain't even the same world when God had called me to preach. You watch the news and it'll discourage you. That's why we ought to keep our mind and our eyes feasted upon the word of God because, friend, there's no bad news here. There's good news. Just hold on. Thank God. Help is on its way. What about the laws that we find today when the scripture said that we're to be subject to the laws of the land? I couldn't help to think about a year ago when there was a woman in Kentucky who was a clerk up there in, the, in Kentucky and, and she says, by my conviction, I can't give out marriage license up to same-sex marriages. And my friend, I don't know what you think about that, but God says that's an abomination in his sight. And I agree with what she did. You say, well, we hired her up for a position. We put her in that place. She has to do what the law of the land says. But my friend, when you and I got saved, I'm glad that there was a higher power and a higher law. Friend, listen, we sound ourselves in here a different calling that's of God and not of this world. My friend, things that are against God's word and God's will and God's way are not expected for you and I to follow those things today. My friend, what's happened? We've compromised to too many things of this world. I think about the responsibilities we have as citizens of heaven. How do we become a citizen? In the book of 1 Peter chapter number one, the Bible tells us in verse number three, how that we become citizens. i tell you how I become a citizen of heaven. I didn't go to some school. I didn't get some education on the language. I didn't become a Christian by going to church or even by going to Sunday school. But there was a day that when I became 17 years of age that God began to deal with my heart. And I'll tell you what he did. I sang in the youth choir. I thought that was good enough. I would help teach Sunday school on New Sunday. I thought that was good enough for the Ricky. But there was one night that we were in the basement of the church with the youth and uh, we have a prayer room and the Holy Ghost of God spoke to me like he'd never uh, spoke to me before. He came to where I was at. He convicted me of my sin. And he said, if you don't get saved, uh, this might be it for you. Friend, I resisted God. I didn't get saved. We went upstairs. I sat down between an old man and an elderly woman there. I thought I'm here right here. Uh, but the Holy Ghost of God came by uh, where I was at. And thank God he lifted me out of that pew. I had no intention of going forward. But I came and I cried out to God. I said, God, I'm a sinner. Would you save me? Thank God he saved me that day. He wrote my name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. He gave me a citizen which is in heaven. My conversation changed. My life changed. There were things that happened that changed in my life. It was an amazing event that took place. And I'll tell you what it was. My conversation now is in heaven and not upon this earth. But I'll tell you, Jesus saved me. It wasn't through baptism. It wasn't through attending church. 
but it was coming to an old-fashioned altar and saying, God, I'm a sinner and I want you to save me and thank God he done exactly what he promised me he would do. He saved me by his marvelous grace. I tell you, the way I become a citizenship, my friend, it was becoming a sinner first and I got saved. We were born into a heavenly citizenship. You were born into an earthly citizenship, but when you got saved, it was a birth, amen? I mean, it was a birth when you got saved. You were born again, not by the will of man, but by the will of God and by the spirit of an almighty God. I tell you what we are to do on the earth. While we're, while we're citizens of heaven and God's put us on the earth, then we're ambassadors. You know what ambassador is? He's got a message from another country. Boy, I'm glad that God's given us a message. Oh, listen, it's out of this world. It's from another country. I mean, that God could take your life. He could forgive you of your sin. He'd cleanse you and save you and put your name down in the heaven's book of life. And when you were to die, that God's promised you an eternity in heaven. And you know the thing about God? He's never Nick, not one time I failed him. I've been embarrassed. I've been ashamed. But friend, God's never failed me not one time. He's promised me everlasting life. He's given me a citizenship. But while my conversation is in heaven, God still has us on this earth. We're ambassadors of the king. We're not giving out our message today. We're giving out the king's message. I tell you, repentance is a message that needs to be preached today because the kingdom of God is at hand. I want you to see, friend, that while we're representing the king on this earth, how do we do it? We're doing it by faith in Jesus Christ. You know what Paul said? He said that we are new creatures. Thank God all things are passed away and beyond all things are become new. You know what I want to do? I want to let the world know that God's made a change in my heart and life. We got a man that lives right next to our church. We were building our new church about 16 years ago this month. 16 years we moved into it. In fact, today was our homecoming. And that man was a pretty rough fella. He, he's fought, he'd done everything. I mean, people were afraid of him. And I didn't know how to take this man. And, and uh, he kept watching us. We we're building the church. I'd go over there sometime late at night early in the morning while nobody was there, I'd start sweeping up the mess while they were working, uh, where they had worked on the building. And uh, God would tell me, he said, you need to go over there and talk to that man. I thought, I can't talk to him. Ain't no way I can talk to him. He hates everybody. He don't like anything. And I'm not gonna talk to him. And I'll tell you one day, he come up to where I was at. He said, what are y'all doing up here? So we're building a church. And in fact, he'd sold us some land there some time back. And uh, he say he wouldn't have much to say. He'd just walk back to his house and he'd watch me every day, every day. And you know what happened to him? My friend, uh, he come up and we were starting to get into the building. And I said, hey, Mr. Brackett, I said, I know you don't attend anywhere. I said, but I sure would love for you to come to church and visit us. I said, you sold us this land. We'd like for you to come. You know, he came to church. He came back the next time. He came back again. And boy, he kept coming and kept coming. And he came to the altar one night. And I'll tell you, I've never seen a man who was so brave and who was so bold become so humble. And he began to weep and 
crying. And the next thing you know, he began to ask God to save him and to come into his heart and life. You know what? When I baptized Wiley Brackett, he had 35 family members to come and people from the community came and they said, we just want to come and see if God could really do something like this. My friend, he's still in the house of God today. I tell you, God can. God can change a life. God can change your citizenship. Oh, while he got up, he stood up and told the church, he said, 30 something years ago, I made a profession of faith. He said, but my life never changed. I didn't go to church. I never had a desire for God. He said, I kept watching your preacher and I felt like there was something that he wanted to tell me. I was scared to death. My friend, he kept coming to the house of God and I tell you, he got a hold of a message that convicted his heart and now his conversation is in heaven like mine and yours. It's amazing what God can do. But I tell you, you gotta be willing to be an ambassador for Christ. Your conversation might be in heaven, but let's do something for the Lord. I begin to think about this today. We live on the earth and we live in a manner that causes others to glorify God. That's what we should be doing. Our life ought to cause others to glorify God. But I want you to see something else tonight. In Romans, what does he mean when he tells us that that we are to be subject to the higher powers. But he tells us in that scripture, he said the powers that be are ordained of God. Did you know God allows everything to take place that happens? I don't understand why this world's in such a mess. I know one reason it's in the mess it is because men have turned their hearts away from God. Oh, listen, they, they don't desire God. They don't want God. We've pushed them out of our schools. A lot of churches has pushed them out of their church. We got a church in our community about 12 years ago. I'll never uh, forget this as long as I live. A big old church in our area and uh, their pastor came in and had a meeting uh, with all their teachers and the staff of that church and I couldn't believe this, but he told them, he said, for the next month, he said, we're not to mention the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're not to sing songs about the blood. He said, I found now, he said that we're offending more people uh, by using that term uh, than we're ever gathering in. I thought, you know what God's going to do? He'll write Ichabod upon the door of that place. Uh, my friend, if you take the blood out of the preaching of the blood, out of the singing, uh, then you have no power uh, whatsoever. You say, but preacher, they say not to pray in Jesus' name. I tell you what the Bible said. He said, let the redeemed uh, of the Lord say so. Well, we're citizens in heaven, but yet we're still citizens upon the earth. What in the world can we do as citizens to be a model citizen of the earth? What can we do while we're here? Well, I believe the biggest thing we can do is try to win others to Jesus. I've said it a little while ago that I believe the Lord's coming back soon. I wonder if we really, really believe that Jesus is coming. I had a man to tell me this years ago, he said, he said, Randy, if people really believe Jesus was coming like you all preach, he said, then we'd be on our bellies and we'd be crawling. And we'd do everything we could to get people saved and to get them into heaven and get them to escape a place that's called hell. He said, but I believe with all my heart that the people that say they believe Jesus is coming have no real account 
that Christ is soon going to come. But I'm going to tell you something. The more that we look in the word of God, the more close that we can see that Jesus is the coming than we've ever been in all of the history of this world. My friend, the Bible, what he says in Timothy, this also knowing the last days perilous times would come. That's not days that we're fixing to go into. We're living right there in those days. The laws of this land that are being changed, how often, every day that you turn your radio on, or you listen to a television program, you're hearing something about the Constitution of the United States. Those men that signed that Constitution in 1776, my friend, they sweat, many of them prayed, and they, they gave their lives, and they wrote those words to make this a better country, that we can be better citizens of this land. The Second Amendment is being destroyed by liberal politicians all around us today. I still believe, and this may not be an appropriate thing to say, but I still believe in the right to bear arms. I believe that. I believe that. But also, I believe in what the Constitution states, in my friend Constitution, and they've been trying to twist that thing around when it comes to marriage. Uh, but listen, I believe that it says what the Bible states, uh, that it's marriage is between a man and between a woman. But regardless of what five Supreme Court liberal justices does, my friend, that don't change the laws of, of the Word of God. Listen, when you stand before God, you're not gonna stand before some liberal Supreme Court justice, but you're gonna stand before a holy and a righteous God and you'll give an account to what God says. If we defend this book like we do the Constitution of the United States, my friend, this whole world would understand this Bible. We're to be subject to the higher powers. I don't have any problem of obeying the speed limit, especially when they're sitting on the side of the highway. I don't have no problem of following what the laws of this land says. I don't have a problem with paying taxes. I don't like paying so much of them. But I don't have no problem with that. My friend, when the law starts changing the world and they start saying that we can go against God's word, then I'm gonna tell you what you've got. Your conversation is in heaven. But God's give you a responsibility in this life. But what I want to say last of all tonight is this, is what happens when the citizenship of heaven that you have since you've been saved, what do you do when that citizenship begins to clash with the citizenship of the United States? Well, in the word of God, they have the same situation. The Bible said the apostle and Peter, they begin to say, well, you we want you to understand that we have no problem hearkening yeah. unto the word of God. Yeah. And you know what the world wants us to do today? They want us to bow down to all the laws of this land. Yes, and my friend, listen, I'm not here to preach anything politically unto you, but I believe God gives us enough common sense to know yes, what we need in this country. Yes, and I'm gonna tell you something, friend. Our hope's not in Donald Trump and our hope is not in Hillary Clinton. I'm not voting, uh, my friend, because I like either one of them. When I vote, I'm gonna be voting on the platform that at least stands uh, for some of the things of the principles of the word of God. That's the way that I'll have to vote. But I'm gonna tell you something, friend. 
If we're not careful, we'll just keep giving away and giving away and giving away and slipping away from the responsibilities that God has given you and I as citizens upon the earth. But listen, we're citizens of heaven. So we've got to take that into great consideration. And sometimes they begin to clash. You know what Peter said? He said, when these things begin to meet each other, he said, then I'm going to tell you what's right. He said, it's better to obey God than it is to obey man. You ever thought about persecution? You say, well, preacher, you know what you're saying tonight is it's just going to be persecution. Friend, persecution is not new to us. But we've not went through anything. You remember when, remember when Paul began to preach in Acts? The Bible said he was turning the cities upside down. That's what's wrong in the world today. It's turned the wrong side. And we need to preach and turn it right side up or wrong side out, whatever it needs. You know what they did to him? They put him in jail. Now that was some persecution. I read over in Acts chapter 16 where Paul and Silas were cast into an inner prison. Listen to this. And they were in the prison. Not one time did that scripture ever say that Silas looked over to Paul and said, Paul, look what living for God's got us. Not one time did Paul look to Silas and say, if I could back up and change this thing, I'd never get saved. He didn't say that. Old Paul and Silas were in nothing but a darkness that was all around them. But the Bible said at midnight, they began to pray and they sang praises unto God. My friend, if you could have seen them, they would have been a laughing stock. They wasn't sitting on the side of a a rock somewhere in that prison, but they were in stocks and bonds. Their hands were, and their head, their neck was boarded and they were probably looking over each other and probably Paul said to Silas, you got anything on your heart? And old Silas says, you know, only thing I can think about is heaven. And they probably got to singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. And about that time, my friend, there began to be a glory of God that began to shine about them. And the next thing you know, the Bible said, the earth began to shake. I'll tell you what happened. They were citizens of heaven living in a world, but they were ambassadors for Christ in this world. Inside of a prison, all the other prisoners began to listen to what they were singing and what they were praying about. Bible said the earth began to shake, the doors began to open up. And there come the Philippian jailer and he sprang in with a light and he's gonna take his life. And Paul and Silas said, do thyself no harm for we are all here. (laughs) Next thing you find out, the Philippian jailers begin to take their wounds and to heal them. And then old flipping jailer gets saved. His family gets saved. And boy, what a reunion they're having. But friend, I tell you, because Paul and Silas decided that they better hearken to God more than to hearken to this world. Our conversation's in heaven. But yet, Romans says that we are to follow the laws of the land. But he said, all these laws, he said, the ordained of God. But what happens when they clash? What happens when we live in a world like we're living in right now? My friend, the Christian used to be a majority. 
The Christian now has become a minority here. But God's never one time forsaken his children. And I hope and pray that I'll stand for God in the midst of a world that wants to forget him. And I hope and pray to God that I'll never forsake Jesus. And whatever the world says, I want to keep living for God. As we get ready to give a verse of invitation tonight, I want to ask you if you would to bow your heads, eyes closed. Brother Ricky will come in just a little bit. But if you're here tonight, you say, preacher, I know that I'm saved. And I know that my citizenship's in heaven, but I've been struggling with some things in this world. And I've been wondering, what should I do? And you say, preacher, tonight I want to come and I want a purpose in my heart that I'm not going to give in because the world and because the laws of the world change. But I want to follow God. And I want to follow Jesus the rest of my life. I want to make my life count for God. I wonder if there's someone tonight, this little precious child, has come to pray. I wonder if there's someone else that says, preacher, I want to come up here tonight. I want to pray. I just want to talk to the Lord and I want to say, God, I want you to help me and I want you to give me the strength. My friend, I made this statement last week. If God's will brought you to this day, then God's grace will bring you through it. And if you're here today and you say, preacher, in a world of compromise, in a world of change, in a world that wants to forget God, I want to remember that my conversation is still in heaven. And I also want to remember this, that it's better to obey God than it is to obey men. Father, I pray you'll take the message and use it tonight. Lord, bless the invitation and bless this church and this good people. This precious preacher tonight, Brother Ricky, thank you for giving me the opportunity. And I pray that you touch his life and use him. Continue to use him as you have and as you are right now. Thank you for Bible Baptist Church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Ricky, you come.